You are now tuned in to Mastering Mitzvahs. Mastering Mitzvahs. A podcast focused on creating the perfect bar and bat mitzvah celebration. Offering tips, tricks, and trends to ensure an amazing event. Mastering Mitzvahs. From New Jersey's own explosive entertainment. Explosive entertainment. I know you're going to dig this. And here they are. Your hosts, Jordan Marshall and Mike Langzer. Mastering Mitzvahs, episode 71. Mike Langzer, Jordan Marshall, Dylan Weissman, the explosive team back at it again. And today's topic is one that is not going away anytime soon. So strap in, buckle in, and let's talk about and it. And turn your computers up. You got to listen <laughs> extra hard. Um, today, the topic is the micro mitzvah. Um, Micro wedding, it was an idea that's uh, happened all summer, which is, you know, less than 50 guests. What can you do? Here's all the limitations that a single state or a country club or an event venue has placed on you. And they're calling them micro weddings. And the micro is a stem off of that where you have, you know, you have to be outside or you have to have less than 50 guests or you have dancing. So what can you do to celebrate? And my start with this whole thing is... Um, first of all, don't throw away your celebration because it's different. Right now, we as families and friends and community need to find ways to celebrate. So I want to dedicate this podcast in the next half hour or so to talking about ways that you can have something fun to talk to, to look forward to, something exciting. And we're calling them the micro mitzvahs, where it is you know, small amount of guests, maybe it has to be outside, maybe you can't dance. So what can you do? Uh, Langsner, what do you got? I was, you just said, don't throw away your event and every bit of that speak. Like, I, I wish that we could scream that out loud, man. Um, I, and I, I think, you know, 70, 80% of our clients are, you know, postponing, they're being cautious, they're being responsible. I mean, uh, and then there's, you know, the, the 30 or 20% that are, I don't know. I don't know if they're frustrated. I don't know if they were just looking for an excuse all along to cancel. Um, you know, but once you put your heart and soul into planning an event, see it through, even if it has to change. Right. You know? And and we say it all the time, guys. Too. You know, uh, change though sometimes feels crazy. It feels weird. It's like, oh my god, this is such a different strain of what I'm normally used to. It, it, it is welcomed. It it is a good thing. You know, uh, deep down. So I, I agree with you guys. You know, we definitely got to ride this wave. So if you don't mind, I want to start with a concept that I really think we need to be doing much more often now. And it's it's a separate party. So, Dylan, you're probably going to go in the direction of micro. I'm going to go in the direction of a split party, a kid's party and an adult's party. And, okay. you know, um, when I first got into the business and I was catering a lot and running the nightclub, you know, there was the the sock hop, you know, or, or, or whatnot, I think it was called. A record hop. I don't, I don't know if there's a difference between those two terms, but you know that was what happened. Often was a luncheon for the adults immediately after Temple, and they had you know maybe something chill. They had a, a, a duo playing music or you know jazz or something, and the the adults enjoyed some time together. And then they had a, a party of sorts for the kids at night. You know, and I, I know you know some people said oh, I'm just going to do it at a small small venue, or I'm going to do it in my basement. Um, I think that's really should be revisited now. I, and there's no reason why the adults and kids have to be together. In fact, it makes a lot of things easier to separate. Uh, you, you then can have 
two separate parties. And, and I don't know if 50 is the number, but you know, you got 50 adults and 50 kids separately and plan it together the same day. I think for the kid, the guest of honor, he doesn't have to split his attention at that party to just, you know, like I, I, when you get married, they always say it's so hard to walk around and talk to all of the guests, you know, and it, it sounds so foreign, but you know, it really is. It's tough to talk to 150 people at a party. This gives the kid the ability to be to shine in the spotlight with the adults during the day and then shine in the spotlight with the kids at night. And maybe it's a Saturday, Sunday thing or Friday night, Saturday night. Like it doesn't have to be the same day, but uh, I really think people should start diving back down that I, road. I actually love that that suggestion, Mike. We've actually messed with parties like that as, as a brand before any of this happened. If, if you remember, you know, like our clients have done that in cases. I think we've had situations over at a, 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 like a spot called the Atlantic Club, you know, that was by us where it was all sports related. And during the day, the adults had that luncheon. Then at night, the kids came and they played basketball and soccer, indoor soccer. And, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a dance party. But maybe finding a venue like that, that, uh, you know, camps. I know for a fact, like camps like out by us, like shout out to Frogbridge Day Camp, which also does a really great job of turning its camp space into an outdoor event facility where you can have run of the rock climbing wall and, you know, maybe you jump on the go-karts and, you know, it's a great outdoor uh, run facility all while having the internal uh, mentality of, of an event venue. So something like that is, is a great way to go. Right. And, and if you even recall, Jordan, uh, the Metzger party where we did it on the, the Hornblower yacht. Yeah. The kids on the were on the third floor and the adults were on the second floor. And there were, while they, they happened simultaneously on a boat, there were two very different parties. There was a DJ for the kids. There was a band for the adults. Like, it was awesome. And, and you wouldn't have known if you didn't know that there was those two setups. You wouldn't have even realized that there was two parties going on at once on that boat. Yep. So I, I think, you know, in order to appease social distancing and, you know, make sure that the guest of honor still is, you know, is celebrated the way he or she should be celebrated, I think there's really some merit to doing separate kid and adult parties. So – the first question that comes to mind when you say having separate parties is now it's going to cost me double. And I want to put to rest something very, very early in this discussion, which is it's going to cost you what it's going to cost you, period. All right. Um, and I, I've, I've really collaborated great with, with some of my families. And Mike, you and I talk about it every day. Um, it seems like the families that I'm working with have just been amazing. My personal book of clients that I'm coordinating for and out to you guys because uh, you make it so much easier to deal with this, these, these tough times. But um, I, I think that it's really important that families need to understand that the cost of these things is not necessarily going to go down. It's just going to be redistributed uh, in a different way. Um, you know, tents are expensive. Uh, air conditioning and heating is expensive. Catering on-site. Bathrooms. On -site so there's, we talked about this before, but what I want to really get into today is the idea of why a micro mitzvah is viable for, uh, you know, it's a placeholder for another party. So we spent time talking about virtual bar mitzvah ceremonies, and we spent time talking about uh, different online things that we can do as part of the engagement process um, for the, but let's actually talk about some of the fun things that we can do either outdoors or in a small group setting. The first thing that came to mind is I have a family who said, I would like to have something in my backyard. I don't have a pool and I really can't afford a noise ordinance complaint because of what I have going on um, in my community. So we were talking about how the kid is a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. And I said, why don't we put together the tailgate Olympics? 
all right, where he invites the 35 or 40 of his friends, and we set up different teams, and we give them all branded swag where we have, um, you know, the United States, and we have uh, Brazil, and we have um, uh, It's almost like, almost like beer, beer fest for bar mitzvahs. I love it. And, and what we're doing is we're going to bring in can jam, cornhole, ladder ball, um, darts, uh, the, the, the field darts, um, uh, washers, all the tailgate games you could ever want. And each team is going to be represented by one of our staff members. And this is all part of the pitch idea. And what they're going to do is over the next, you know, hour and a half, they're going to go around and they're going to get points. We're going to build a big leaderboard on a, uh, on a, on a poster board. And we're going to, you know, have a, a, a tailgate Olympics. And this way what's happening is the social distancing is, is allowed because tailgate games really aren't contacting. You can manipulate the, the field of play a little bit where you're separated enough. Right. And then on top of that, um, you know, you have the circle of friends and, and it, you know, Mike, you probably know this, but Haven has her circle of friends that she's going out with and you kind of created your own little bubble of people that I imagine that's true in a bar mitzvah setting where if you're going to invite 50 people, they're going to probably be close into your bubble anyway. So this is a way to stay distant. And that's just one concept that I had um, where it's the tailgate, uh, uh, you know, Olympics. And this is a way where you can provide interactive entertainment, competition, prize giveaways, and there's no dancing. There's no dance floor needed. There's no um, extra materials really needed. I mean, this is something that can be done on any space. And that's kind of where the micro mitzvah is being stemmed into is how can we provide entertainment and fun for a small group of people? Jordan? I love that. I love it. And I was actually going to add to it, Dylan. I wanted to ask you, so how would you go? This is such a great concept, and um, I love all, all the ideas because it is true. Like, you know, a, a tailgate game, you are competitive and you're playing against somebody, but you really – you don't have to be that close. It's not something where, you know, you're playing, you know, a one-on-one -on -one basketball game or, you know, you're playing football where you have to actually rush the players, you know. Like, it's that sense of, of, of competitiveness without, you know, infringing on someone's personal space, which is exactly what we're looking for. Now, when you load up your, your guest for something like this deal how would you go about it because you obviously want to ensure you know the most participation the most interactivity you know uh, really get the best bang for the buck out of this right. so you know obviously it, it, while you know 50 is is a is a narrow you know window so how do you you know gauge the proper amount of uh, immediate family with the proper amount of friends to participate like what would you sure. how would you do that here here is this goes back and to i don't mean to put you on the spot i just i just think no, it's a, a great no, compliment to this, it i've had this conversation before and here, and guys, this is so tough. Uh, I remember putting down my wedding guest list, and sometimes you have invites that are political, where if I have to invite this person, this person also has to be invited. So what I want to say to something along those lines is, let's first of all not be afraid to say it's only a friend's party, and even though you have cousins and whatnot who may be considered friends or not friends, like make it very deliberate and segmented. And when you have something like that, you're able to, all right, I'm going to have a luncheon for my friends and you know, my, my family, the ones that we're talking about, um, where it's the cousins and the grandparents, the aunts and uncles and whatnot, right? And then you have something just for the friends and make it super deliberate. Um, that's part one, because if you can get the similar age brackets, it allows for better mm -hmm. connection, it allows for easier access. And really now we're talking about some serious um, collaboration because you're only including the people that the bar mitzvah boy or the bar mitzvah girl really, really wants. Um, something that came to mind when I was talking with a family who is planning um, a Broadway-themed bat mitzvah and has been derailed twice. They moved twice. Um, I said, why don't we host a, um, you know, a Tony Award 
show in their backyard where we come up with um, Tony-based trivia games and we come up with awards and that's how they can, you know, interact with each other that way. And we come up with Name That Tune and we held a huge Tony Awards show slash mm -hmm. game show in their backyard. And that's a micro-mitzvah concept as well because you could have, let's say, 20 people of friends and family or rather just friends and then another 20 of family separate them up and you could do trivia from their seats. They don't have to right. get up, right? So you've right. made the bubble already there. So I think the important thing to understand is that you should only be inviting the people who A, you trust uh, to be safe uh, and B, that are important to be there for the purpose of the event. What is the purpose? Is the purpose to go crazy and have fun and, and be wild? Um, then invite the kids. If, the, if it's supposed to be more of a um, interactive... Uh, showcase of family and camaraderie and community, then maybe you only go with that group of people. And I think that's a long-winded answer of, of figuring out who you should be invited to these things. Awesome stuff. Awesome. And I think we all have to like really put ourselves in the frame of mind that the music now that we're so used to playing that's in, you know, in everybody's face and is, is literally really our catalyst for all the energy that we create is, is now going to become secondary. So you really got to almost think of the music as, you know, just, uh, you know, a, a nice little lifeline of music, you know, keeping the, the space filled so it's not dead air and, you know, having some good, you know, background music going on to help aid whatever you're doing. So, you know, like Dylan was saying, you know, if we want to make sure that we um you know are getting everybody involved properly you know with with the games and and all the different stuff maybe you turn it into a movie trivia and the music that you're playing is theme songs to a movie or theme songs to you know television this is where we have to get really creative with the music that we play and almost have it play into our games and our activities sure um, I, i'm going to loop back to the pricing because this could dylan you're, you you made a really good point shifting your funds is really important here figuring out where to spend it is really important and this could get out of hand and it also could really save you money so um I, it, it just has to be done right and and where i say it could save you money you don't need formal dresses you know you don't need as you know maybe you don't need two changes of clothes like you might have had you know planned at a formal setting you don't need those fancy shoes right um you know uh, even the menu, you know, what you're offering at a kid's party is going, I mean, you could get fun takeout food. You, you know, get a, get Chick-fil-A to do like a catered thing. I heard you know, there's like, a new ice cream shop that opened up in Point Pleasant. That yes. You, <laughs> you know, like there's so many different options. Yes. So, so <laughs> listen, I, I mean, uh, I, I heard the other day somebody was pricing out a venue and I, I heard uh, that, that they were paying probably right around $100 per child because that, that was the venue rate for the child. There's no way, shape, or form if you're just doing a kid's sock hop kind of party that you spend right. $100 per child on food. You have 30 ahead, 40 ahead, max. And, you know, I'm sorry to the caterers that are hearing me say this, but, uh, you know, if you're catering something simplistic, it doesn't need to be a four- or five-course meal. Um, you know, and again, I'm just thinking kids right now, so you could save money in that direction. Um, I had a really great conversation with a client yesterday who is looking for an alternative venue if he can't do the traditional indoor. And, you know, he said, well, I'm thinking about renting a big property and bringing a tent. And I, I, my caution to him was, why don't you look for a place that has a built-in pavilion already that already has built-in bathroom facilities, already has space for a caterer. Those are the cost, cost factors that drive uh, the price way up. Right. So... You know, we've done our share of tented parties and they, they do get out of hand quickly. I mean, you know, you could spend $2,000 just on renting a bathroom trailer. 
Uh, and then the caterer is going to say, no problem, happy to cater it, but I need a, a cook tent. And I need access to this and access to that. And wait, you don't have running water, so I need to bill you for bringing in X gallons of water. I mean, these things get exponentially higher. But, um, you know, think about these venues that are built for that. And, and I, I mentioned to this client yesterday, uh, Rutgers Gardens. Jordan, you, you remember you did a wedding with me there? I uh, sure did. Dylan's holding up his hand. I sure pick did. Me. Pick me. Pick me. One moment, my friend. Rutgers Gardens, day camps. Um um, uh, Bella Vista Country Club in Marlboro. These places have oh, the, these... Swim, the swim club that you, you did. Yes. Um, they, they have restroom facilities. They have catering on site. They have all of the essentials that you need. You just have to twist your mindset on how they lay out. You know, maybe you're not having a cocktail hour in a separate room anymore, but who cares? Celebrate. Have fun. And I will say the one thing that you guys really should, especially right now, this time of year, you know, being summertime, um, I will say the heat is something that should definitely be taking into consideration as well too. Um, know that if you're you know, having an outdoor event and it's gonna be in late July, it's gonna be in August, and you're in like a, a heavy summer state, maybe not, ex- I don't wanna say expecting too much, but but maybe not trying to load up like, you know, crazy like, you know, uh, uh, interactive, uh, you know, things for people to do where they're running around, getting sweat. I know this past weekend, man, like this was a weekend where we had a whole bunch of, you know, um, we actually had a bunch of events going out this weekend. Myself, Jamie, we were out performing and it was hot out there, man. So I know that a lot of, um, a lot of times our entertainment factor was met with like, oh man, it's so hot. Like you might, we, we had them for like a good five, 10, 15 minutes and then it just starts to get unbearable. So definitely take that into context a little bit as well. Cause it can be a factor. Dylan, you're eager to say something. I, I am, because I want to talk about the food for a second, because Jordan and I, before you hopped on, Mike, uh, we're bouncing around an idea that I want to elaborate on. So, Jordan, um, why don't you talk about the the uh, the food truck step, the lining of the cul-de-sac, because I want to jump right. in with something very specific that just came to mind. That's a great idea that I want to do, but you got you got to tee it up for me. So, yeah, no, I was saying, you know, uh, people worrying about catering and food. I know, you know, food being a sensitive topic with everybody touching things and obviously the the world being what it is, you know, a food truck themed event, especially if you have a cul-de-sac or you're doing something at home, you know, lining your cul-de-sac with a bunch of different style food trucks based on, you know, what everybody likes allows people on their own to say, okay, I'm going to hit the pizza truck and grab a slice for myself. Or maybe I'm going to go to the slider truck, grab a slider for myself. Or, oh my God, you know, uh, they, they have a, a waffle, you know, a waffle cone, ice cream cone truck, you know, like you're allowed to take your food into your own uh, into your own frame of mind, you know what I mean? Where it's not like you're getting served from a buffet or you have to worry about food and stuff like that. It makes for a really cool look. Um, usually these food trucks are decked out and wrapped in cool colors. They have cool concepts, so it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a big wow factor, as Mike, as you like to say all the time, like, you know, that wow factor is, is cool. Stepping outside and having the whole block lined with these great trucks is a really cool way. And you can play it, again, that's a great pivot into your uh, your tailgate event, you know, Dylan, like what's what better way? You know, you go to these games and you're outside in the parking lot, you got a ton of food trucks. It could piggyback into into you know pairing with this theme as well, or it can be a theme on its own. So he, my, here's my thought. First of all, um, trucks when when someone comes to me and says I want a food truck, typically they think it's really expensive. Right. And I want to tell you guys a quick story about how I got an ice cream truck uh, to show up to a day camp. Um, for the last 10 years. This year is the first year we haven't done it. And here's what we did. We guaranteed the ice cream truck a certain amount of sales and then consumption. So in other words, let's say that it was, um, we're gonna guarantee $300 and he builds it and charges it and as if he was. And the minute he crosses $300, we pay per piece. 
So it's guarantee plus consumption. So a lot of people think that food trucks have to be, first of all, unlimited and second of all, super expensive. But really, it's unlimited to the guests. And then you come back and say, all right, well, if I'm going to have six or seven food trucks, maybe I guarantee each one of them a certain amount of sales. And then they charge per piece afterwards, whatever comes first. And a lot of food trucks right now are willing to do that. It's, it's, it's consumption-based. So then it got me thinking about the idea of, all right, you have a Disney-themed event. Get five or six different food trucks, and now you're eating around the world. Um, you have a tailgate event. Wrap that thing up and, and call it, you know, stand food. Um, it's really easy to create signage and branding and food trucks love that because they get to go out there and the only way these food trucks are ever booked again is if someone sees it and has a good experience so they want to go out there and do events with you. So um, the food truck is cool but you also have drink trucks. You have yeah. dessert trucks. My favorite truck I've ever seen uh, was this, this, this January where it was a creme brulee truck. Every type of creme brulee you could ever want fired right in front of you. So cool. Fruity pebbles, caramel sauce, like... It was wild. That's so, cool. There are creative ones out there, and you can get them on the cheap if you do it right. So I recommend asking about consumption-based pricing. It's a guarantee to a certain amount, and then consumption-based afterwards. And that way, you don't have to worry about getting a tent for the for the food prep. You don't have to worry about right. it. It's all contained right there. They're coming with all the materials. Yep, the kitchen, Mike, the prep work. Yep, you're right. Love it. I totally love it. So I mean, so... Let, let's go back to the micro concept for a second. Rather than, you know, right, and we're kind of bouncing all over the place. Um, if somebody was to do a micro event, I, I actually mentioned to a planner who, who was really going after micro weddings, and she says, I, I really want to involve the DJ. And, and my gut reaction was, do they really need us, though? Are they? Do they need a high-end DJ at a micro wedding? And her response was brilliant, and I was surprised. And she said, I think they need it more now than at a big event. And her reasoning was, it's going to be harder for you as a DJ to be more engaging, more enthusiastic with a smaller crowd. You know, And, and, and we've said before, it's really easy to entertain a crowd of 300. It's not as easy to entertain a crowd of 75. Agreed. Um, so... You know, maybe we don't need as many dancers or maybe we don't need as much lighting or whatever those elements are. But the DJ and the MC's experience is far more vital in a smaller setting. I, I agree, Mike. And I even take it one step further. I think that uh, and we speak we spoke about it uh, a few weeks back saying that uh, all of this stuff, all of the engagement, um, virtual, in-person, micro, full on um, starts with a good host. I, I think that you might even need a host of some sort in, in more of a case for these these backyard events, these events that you're trying to have take shape and have direction, um, having somebody narrate and, and dot all the I's and make sure everything's connected. I'd even recommend a, a host with maybe a coordinator, you know, somebody like some sort of head coordinator. Um, perfect example. So so Jamie has been talking uh, back and forth with one of our good friends, uh, Dan Blackmore. Shout out to Dan. He's getting married in a couple weeks and she's going to be coordinating for him. Um, whereas he has the, you know, the live music uh, kind of feel kind of coming in. He has his guests coming in, but he just needs somebody to be the glue for the day and to, you know, connect all of her, all their vendors. And so that's uh, where she's going to kind of step in. You, so uh, uh, the laundry list of what, you know, she's going to be doing that day. Right. It, it sounds so simple, but if nobody's doing it and nobody's doing it well, the party falls apart. You know, Correct. she's making sure that the bathrooms are always stocked. She's making sure that the food comes out on time. She's making sure that the people that are assigned to keeping the facilities clean are keeping them clean. The trash cans are being emptied when the trash cans need to be emptied. Right. Um, I, I went somewhere the other day. Where was I? I was at Lowe's. 
and the trash can outside was literally overflowing. Like, you know, it's simple stuff like that that then just becomes a disaster if nobody's paying attention to it. Um, so it, it's being a conscious set of eyes, right? You know, that's really being your representative. Yep. Yeah, and I think that, that yeah, people have to realize that that's something that's taken for granted um, when you do a private event at a venue because that stuff just it happens, right? It just happens. Um, I, I want to table that idea because I want to get to one more because uh, Todd checks in and talks about having a mitzvah movie, get the kids together and have a family and friends celebrate with a movie. And it brings me to the technology aspect. Um, I talked with one uh, family who said, my kid loves video games. What can we do? And I'm talking to them about having a you know video game tournament where we set up five or six different stations, all with you know a, attendant, sanitizer, um, and then a timed event that kids earn points as they win games, kind of King of the Hill style, right? Cool. Um, so once you have technology built into play, like uh, screens, you can do things like movies, you can do things like um, uh, video game tournaments, you can do things like game shows, you can do things like playing your montage, uh, you can do things like live streaming in with you know special guests from outside. I mean, Cameo is a huge... Uh, win right now where if yep. you want a special message from you know an actor from the office or a sports player or an actress or a singer you can get that on the cheap now from from cameo and uh, and the thing that you're finding with cameo now too dylan uh, not to just to add on to it is that now that everything's kind of shut off you're finding mega mega stars on cameo now where cameo is like before it was for like a b you know like a youtube star or like a, a b sitcom now you're finding gigantic like celebrities on there so, uh, so once you add that integrated technology, you can create things like big TikTok booths. Yep. Um, where you have TikTok, uh, you know, filming where we as a professional AV company, uh, you know, in our first right, can come in and set up something where the lighting is perfect and kids can shoot the their hearts out with content. They love that stuff. So, I, I we we're coming up to the end of it, and I want to just get that idea out there to see if you guys wanted to expand on bringing that technology to the forefront. Mike, you have any thoughts? You know, before I was actually thinking about a drive-in mitzvah, like I, I, one of you guys were saying before uh, in in a couple episodes ago, you know, uh, a venue that's doing you know drive-in movies and whatnot. But why not? Why not do that drive-in mitzvah? And you know, again, you got to find the right space, but it's a great way to social distance, show a montage, maybe show the service virtually, and let everybody kind of tailgate in their own parking space. Um, and you know you bring out to them a uh, a food box that's already set up, you know, and and you put in there you know a couple of appetizers, a couple of entrees, a couple of desserts, and I mean have fun with it. How cool and memorable would that be? You know, it, I always tell a story about you know when I was going to bar mitzvahs, you know, twenty five years ago. What do I remember? You know, and I I remember two or three very unique parties, and and now more than ever we have the ability to be unique. So, you know. Uh, you got to think out of the box. I, I, yep. Not every party has to be a traditional dance party. So Correct. we're going to come back to that because that's going to be our closing. So, Jordan, you got one more for us? Yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, Mike and I, we uh, talked a couple of summers ago. We were, we were kind of messing and entertaining with uh, um, some novelty ideas that were really great to bring to mitzvahs as and, and our project grads, too, that we do um, that were really cool uh, concepts on their own. One of them being uh, laser tag. Outdoor laser tag is a monster uh, right now and a really really great way to get your guests interactive it's great for kids it's great for adults um, it's social distanced 
Yeah, it's social distance. It doesn't have to be in your face, you know. Um, and the cool part is that you could, if you have a giant cul-de-sac, like we were saying, you could set it up out there. If you have a big backyard, you could do it in your in your yard. Um, so there's different ways to kind of take that laser tag concept uh, and and make it fun and make it engaging to where it's it's another cool concept. So things like that, like um, where you're taking an actual like, uh, and and even with the video games, like we spoke about, you know, obviously a lot of the entertainment companies, um, you know, we do have ways and concepts to to bring video games to life. But there's also you know uh, trailers that are outsourced, like where the big trailer gets hooked onto a pickup truck and they pull it up, they park it in the in the um, in the driveway. Everything's wiped down and sanitized. The kids go in and play all the games and stuff. So that's something else that's cool. You could bring stuff like that to to the table to help enhance your event. So Mike brings up all the time, like his background in catering, and I bring it up here on this podcast too. My, my background uh, was in, in in being just a baller, you know, camp counselor, uh, and a couple of my former camp uh, families have been signed on and commenting. They, they remember the ice cream day. I, uh, <laughs> Jen, Jen reaches out and says, I remember that was the best day ever. Um, I've done that, wa- the uh, laser tag with water. So there is a company that I've hired to come in and literally that laser tag that you talked about, they have vests with vents in them that you mm-hmm. shoot water at. And as the vest up, there are little water indicator lights that as it gets all the way up, it gets to red and then and then you're dead, right? You have to go to Shows jail, you that you got hit, yeah. Right? So it, it was so much fun. We were soaked, drenched. It was great and it's awesome for a hot day. That's um, a so great, can, I was going to say, for the hot days, that's a great concept. So you can implement water activities, you know, um, but here's where we're going to come full circle, and this is how we're going to close it up because we do, we're do we up against the time. Um, all of this, these are great ideas. They are, and they're fun, and they're exciting, and we can talk about them all day long because it is creative, and what Mike was saying is that, you know, he remembers the creative ones. I remember creative venues when I was going to these things. I remember creative uh, themes and concepts. Um, and of course we're gonna have fun when we get back to dancing, but the families that are working right now have an opportunity to be super memorable. Um, and it's a change of mindset. We've said it every week since we started doing these casts during, uh, you know, the COVID-19 down of our industry, we've been saying, if you can change your mindset and if you can get behind just it being different, I know that different is uncomfortable, but let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable for a second, because that is where the true opportunity to throw an incredible incredibly memorable event comes into play. And I think that it's important for our fees to just consider it. I know it sucks. I know it sucks. We don't want to do different, but you have an opportunity here to do different and great all at the same time um, and give your family something to look forward to. Instead of constantly pushing your event out and out and out and out, let's have something to look forward to. A sweet 16 family of mine, uh, came to me and I'm tired of postponing. They postponed six different times since March. They've just been shooting it along. And this poor girl just wants to celebrate. So we've changed our mindset and we are going to celebrate in November in some micro Sweet 16 fashion. And now they have something to look forward to. Date circled on their calendar that as long as everything stays the same or gets better, that's her date. If, and if you listen to any big public speaker, you listen to anybody like that says like if you want to put your goals in perspective and you want to get moving, you want to give yourself a means to like live and be excited, put something on the calendar, work towards something. This is something that we just need in general. I think um, that's a great, great way to, to, to kind of wrap it up, Dylan. And, and also, too, the big thing for, for all of us here, I think what you're going to find, too, as a client, if you do take these tips and you do decide to be the catalyst in your area and say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. You're doing everything that all that everybody wants to do. Trust us. 
from the people that talk to the clients every single day, I, I, I promise each and every one of you that there's nothing that these clients want more than to have their event, have it the way that they envisioned it, and have it when they wanted to, to do it. Obviously, we can't do it right now, and it just comes down to being nervous. So if you're going to be that in, that person that's going to inspire, do it because you're going to set the tone. People are going to get behind it, and there's strength with that. They're going to be like, you know what? I can do this. You know, my friend up the block, Jody, she just rocked her party last week. Let's go for it. You know, so you're going to start this trend, and, and it's just going to unfold. And that's what we all need to do together. I, I think a few years from now, we're going to look back, and in a couple of years, we're going to have a menu of like, what type of mitzvah did you want? Did you want the interactive game mitzvah did you want the dance mitzvah did you want the you uh sock hop kids adults separate i mean there's going to be like a menu of four or five different styles of mitzvahs and then from within there there's going to be all the different options and and that is going to be the spawn of what this has created you know right right now the mindset is much more narrow and and few people step out of the norm now i say now i'm kind of going back a couple months but because of COVID, I think we're now building the new norm. And I, I hate that term, new norm. But you even look at schools. That, you know, I, I hate to go down that road. But schools are offering three different ways of learning. You know, there's the all-in-person, the all-virtual, and the hybrid. Well, right. if schools can do that and if businesses have changed the way that they do business, and I, I mean, it, it, banking has changed. Everything has changed that we know. The way you go to Walmart, the way you go to Home Depot Lowe's shopping can be done all online. They could bring thing out to your your vehicle. Like everybody in this world is changing the way that they perceive what we know. Events need to do the same thing. And and the stereotypical five hours starting with cocktail hour, then introductions, and then dance party, and you know dessert and grand finale. Needs to change. It, it is it it, whether change. we like it or not. It is. You we know? we might we might look back at some point and call that the old school way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I think this was one of the most valuable conversations we've had um, this summer, guys. It's a good one, um, boys. And I think that we're gonna be able to use this podcast as a reference to some of the great ideas that are gonna come down the pike. Um, so, uh, to the families that are listening, thank you. To the industry people, we thank you. Um, this gives us an outlet to be creative uh, in an otherwise really uncreative time. Um, so we thank you for that. If you want more content just like this, be sure to um, subscribe to our podcast. You can find it everywhere uh, you find podcasts. Just search uh, Mastering Mitzvahs for us. Um, and if you want to hear uh, a topic that you want us to discuss in the future, um, just drop us a line. Let us know what we can do for you. This is as much for our clients uh, as it possibly can be. So this is all directed to you. So this micro mitzvah idea came up because families are asking about what can we do with 50 or so guests so thank you for that um so jordan you want to close this out why not you know what episode 71 it is in the bag guys thank you so much so great to be back on the panel again with my ogs my boys dylan and mike as always uh jordan marshall right here explosive entertainment thank you guys for tuning in we appreciate each and every one of you guys and we'll see you guys again real soon mastering mistress podcast check us out on all things apple uh, iTunes, we're uh, live everywhere you can find us, searching Explosive with an X, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon. Have a great week, and we'll see you later.